This is the Aspen Public Radio Newscast. I'm your host, Eleanor Bennett, here with your top stories this Monday. Picking County has reached a deal on what will be its most expensive open space and trails purchase to date. Caroline Yanez has more on the Snowmass Falls Ranch property. The county will pay $34 million for 650 acres of land in the upper Snowmass Creek Valley, surrounded on three sides by the Maroon Bells Snowmass Wilderness. Two U.S. Forest Service trails currently cross through easements on the property. Gary Tenenbaum is the director of Pitkin County Open Space and Trails. He says many hikers don't even realize they're on private property when they start their trek. It's about two miles of Snowmass Creek, and you got tons of wetlands and incredible, you know, scenery. You have two waterfalls on the property. It is spectacular. Tenenbaum says county commissioners will officially approve the deal in early February. He says once it's official, the interim plan will maintain the status quo, with the public able to access the Forest Service trails. Caroline Yanez, Aspen Public Radio News. Carbondale is partnering with the Roaring Fork School District to offer a new dinner service for migrants who recently arrived in the valley. Starting tonight, dinner will be offered at the Crystal River Elementary School weekdays from 6 to 7 p.m. The town is paying the school district for the meal service with state emergency funds it received, but officials say they'll still need to rely on volunteers to help provide breakfasts and dinners on weekends. This comes as Carbondale prepares to open two smaller overnight-only shelters to replace the temporary shelter at the 3rd Street Center. The town's current plan is to operate the shelters and meal service through late March. Carbondale is still looking for additional shelter facilities for the next three months, and town officials ask that any leads be sent to Newcomers Response at carbondaleco.net. You can find more information about the community's response and ways to get involved on the town's website. The weekend storm dropped significant amounts of snow along several mountain corridors in the state. Snow is expected to continue to fall across much of Colorado today, including here in the Roaring Fork Valley along parts of the I-70 and I-25 corridors and the eastern plains. Blizzard conditions and icy roads made commutes difficult for people statewide this morning, and drivers are being warned to take it slow or to avoid travel if possible. CDOT says there's a possibility that some mountain roads will be closed due to snowslides and avalanches. You can check cotrip.org and the National Weather Service for the latest updates. The Roaring Fork Road and Weather Facebook page is a good local resource. Commuters often post real-time updates there. You can also subscribe to your county alerts. Silt police are investigating an alleged physical altercation between U.S. Representative Lauren Boebert and her ex-husband, Jason Boebert. He told the media outlet The Daily Beast that his ex-wife punched him in the face at a restaurant in Silt on Saturday night. CPR reports Representative Lauren Boebert denied the claim, saying the incident is a reason she plans to move congressional districts. Local law enforcement did not confirm reports of a physical altercation, but said it will launch a full investigation into the matter. While Colorado waits to see if the U.S. Supreme Court will qualify former President Donald Trump for the state's GOP primary ballot, the rest of the presidential primary field is now set. CPR reports the Secretary of State officially certified both the Democratic and Republican ballots on Friday. Democratic voters will choose among nine candidates, while Republican voters will see seven names on their ballot, including Trump's. However, votes for him will only be counted if the Supreme Court rules in his favor. 
Public comment ends today on a recent proposal from the U.S. Forest Service and Bureau of Land Management to temporarily block future energy development in the Thompson Divide area. The proposal comes after decades of lobbying by conservation groups, ranchers, and recreationists who say the wilderness area is under threat from oil and gas extraction. The 200,000-acre region is spread across Pitkin, Garfield, Gunnison, and Delta counties on the western slope. Federal officials will make a final decision on the proposal in the spring. Garfield County Commissioners reappointed Glenwood resident Steve Beckley as the county's representative on the Colorado River District's board this week. Beckley and his wife own and operate the Glenwood Caverns Adventure Park and Iron Mountain Hot Springs. The River District recently reached a deal with Xcel Energy to purchase the water rights at the Shoshone Power Plant to preserve those flows in perpetuity. Beckley says he's glad he'll be able to continue to see that deal and other water issues through to the finish line. Colorado's Parks and Wildlife Commission will meet this week to make final changes to this year's hunting calendar and permit rules. That includes changes to limited license areas as well as licenses for wild game like bighorn sheep, mountain goats, deer, elk, moose, and bears. CPW's board will also discuss setting up a disabled veterans outreach license and get an update on wolf reintroduction. The meeting is scheduled on Wednesday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. In local arts and culture news, musician John Oates has a show coming up at the Ute Theater in Rifle next month. He was one half of the duo Hall and Oates, known for hits like Rich Girl and You Make My Dreams Come True. Now, Oates performs as a solo artist with lots of his own original songs. For this show in Rifle, Oates will be joined by musician John Michelle. Both of them spend part of their time in Nashville and part of their time in the Roaring Fork Valley. The performance is scheduled for February 4th at 4 p.m. The Aspen Center for Environmental Studies, or ACES, has announced the 2024 lineup for its Wild Perspective series. Taking place at the Collective in Snowmass Village, presenters use spoken words and images to tell travel and adventure stories. First up on the docket on January 23rd is Jeb Hines. He'll be discussing his travels in Tanzania and how the country is approaching ecotourism and conservation. Other speakers will discuss birds in the Panama Canal, avalanche forecasting all over the world, and how adaptive athletes are making the Roaring Fork Valley a more inclusive community. Registration is free on the ACES website. And don't forget, towns throughout the Roaring Fork Valley are offering Christmas tree recycling services. Aspen has one of the longest windows with trees accepted until Valentine's Day at the Rio Grande Recycling Center, while Snowmass Village has one of the shortest with trees only accepted until tomorrow in Town Park. Glenwood is accepting trees at the old rodeo grounds by the airport until Sunday. Basalt is accepting trees at Arbany Park until January 31st. And Carbondale is accepting trees in the gravel lot across from Town Hall until February 9th. Residents must remove all decorations from the trees before dropping them off. In statewide news, Denver saw a record number of migrants arriving from the U.S. border last month. KUNC's Lucas Brady Woods reports many are moving on to other parts of the state and beyond. Denver's Human Services Department says about 200 migrants are arriving in the city per day. More than 4,500 were staying in city shelters as of last week, and officials say resources are running out fast. Some are moving on from Denver to find opportunities in other parts of the state. 
Yerania Reynoso is with Mountain Dreamers United, an organization that works with migrants in Summit County. She says many have heard there's more work in mountain communities. Everyone says there's more work in Summit County, she says. If you want to work in construction or housekeeping, people can pay you. But Reynoso also says migrants run into many of the same challenges they do in Denver, like limited shelter beds and available housing. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods in Denver. Here in the Valley, about 170 newcomers have registered with the Latino advocacy organization Voces Unidas since early November. Some are staying at the temporary shelter in Carbondale or in various housing arrangements throughout the Valley, but others are still sleeping in cars. And in regional news from the Mountain West News Bureau, a new report examines gun safety across the country, as Kayla Bradle reports levels in our region vary widely. The report was done by Giffords Law Center, a gun safety group started by Arizona lawmaker Gabby Giffords after she was shot in 2011. It graded states on the strength of their gun laws. It gave an F to 21 states, including Idaho, Utah, and Wyoming. Report co-author Allison Anderman says these states have dangerous gun policies. Like allowing people to not only buy a gun without a background check, but carry it in public without any sort of background check or firearm safety training. New Mexico received a C plus and Nevada got a B minus. Both states require universal background checks. So does Colorado, which earned an A minus. The state recently imposed a three-day waiting period on all gun purchases and raised the age to buy a gun to 21. Anderman says it also enacted a relatively new gun law. That allows people who have been harmed by reckless gun dealers and other actors in the gun industry to sue them. She says the report shows that states with stronger gun laws have lower gun death rates. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Caleb Radel. The Aspen Public Radio Newscast is produced by our news team, which includes Hallie Zander, Caroline Yanez, Kaya Williams, and me, your host, Eleanor Bennett. You can listen to the show every weekday morning on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and see you next time.